to Charmed Life, a radio show discussing spirituality, magic, and the unconditional love of the universe. Thanks for tuning in. And I'm your host, Trisha Carr. Thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful autumn morning from the Sunset Gower Studios in Hollywood, California. You can find the show live on any of my social media outlets. So you could find that by searching Trisha Carr Charm on Facebook or Twitter. I also have a Twitter handle called at Charmed Life 1111, which yesterday was 1111, November 11th. That was an awesome day. And then you could also watch and or listen to it on UBN Radio dot com slash channel one and you can also find the archives of the show on any podcast outlet and that would be um spreaker or wait is that right no i'm not on spreaker i'm on stitcher <laughs> i forget which one itunes iHeartRadio, and then the archives are also on youtube at youtube.com slash trisha carr And uh, today we're going to be talking about manifestation with my very special guest. But along the lines of manifesting your desires, I would love to talk about my a program that I'm offering at all times. You can find it on my website. It is a six week program for empowered empaths. And so just go to my website, which is trishacarcharm and dot com, trishacarcharm.com. Look under work with me classes and you will find the empowered empath and highly sensitive intuitive. This is a six week program, which also allows you access to an online community of people who are registrants of this class, people who are also empowered empaths and highly sensitive intuitives have gone through this program together. Wonderful, beautiful, supportive community. I'm on there once a month doing live teachings and Q&A. And of course, the program itself is intensive to help you to work through those personal inner issues that will allow you to program or deprogram really from conventional society and the things that we were taught that were contrary to our real true divine nature, which is of being an empowered, empowered, sensitive person. It's a beautiful program. I am just enjoying the support that we have going on there. And I'm enjoying the journey that we're sharing so I do hope you'll check that out. And without further ado, let's get into the topic of manifestation with my special guest. You've heard me talk about her probably every show. She's an intuitive channel. She is a spiritual teacher and the founder of the Lightworkers Lab, an online spiritual community for growth and uh, various resources, support, beautiful sacred space. And her name is Crystalline Compton. Welcome, Crystal. Hi. Hello, everybody. Hi, Lightworkers Lab. I know we're, I'm watching... The lab on my phone is, hi, everybody. (laughs) Yes, we are broadcasting to the Lightworkers Lab, which is, again, housed in Facebook. So you guys can, if you are a spiritual seeker and you are looking to grow with fellowship and also the endless, ridiculous amounts of resources, free education in the Lightworkers Lab, just search in the Lightworker, search in Facebook, the Lightworkers Lab for the group and you'll find it turn up, right? Absolutely. That's how to find us. Just um, go ahead and request to join. You'll be asked to read our guidelines and just agree to the guidelines. And if you do that, we will let you in and it's going to be awesome. It is awesome. We have teachers up every weeknight right now and and going over into the weekend and some days during the week it's it's really incredible not to mention that if you because of all the teaching and readings that are offered endlessly there is you could go to the archives and seriously you have like a phd <laughs> We're offering of spiritual content spiritual education and and actually the 
what's miraculous about readings, intuitive readings, is that if you went to a video archive of someone doing readings months ago and you were attracted to it and you opened it up, you'd be like, oh my gosh, all of these questions that they're asking are to answer the, my questions right now, right? Oh, absolutely. And um, that's the nature of spirit. Spirit is omnipresent. And so it doesn't matter if you watch a broadcast one year after the fact, there's um, likely to be something there for you. Spirit knows when you're going to show up, yeah. when you're going to be watching and has something for you as well. Right. It's great. And that's actually, I think that is a good segue into our topic because we talk a lot about manifestation in the spiritual kind of community, I guess. I, I kind of even hesitate to say spiritual community because you know, then we're talking about, uh, it seems limited to me, but people that are studying consciousness, metaphysical topics, and all of that sort, you know, we talk, we use this word manifestation. So if it is your first time tuning into a program that is uh, oriented to these topics of spirituality or consciousness and all of that kind of stuff, let me just explain what I mean by manifestation because I know personally when I started to, when I start to get into a particular philosophy or field of study and if there are words that they seem esoteric in such that they are in speak then sometimes it feels like oh I have to learn a whole new language to understand it and that's not the case but then it, it to me it just eventually you're like well there aren't we don't we only have so many words in our language so I could say manifestation or I could say materialization or I could say creation but you know anyway let me talk about I just what we're talking about when we say manifestation and when we're teaching metaphysical or spiritual topics is from the perspective that we understand that everything is composed of energy. And that isn't obviously just spiritual. That is what science tells us. If everything's composed of energy, then therefore all of the arrangements of energy, they, they're sort of based upon a shared frequency in order to be in proximity to one another or to be in the space with one another. Um, so those that, that frequency, or we also call it attraction, you know, the shared kind of space for the like energy. And when I say arrangement of energy, since everything is energy, then if I draw a line around anything, that is a particular arrangement of energy. And where there is energy, there is consciousness. So Trisha is an arrangement of energy. Crystal is an arrangement of energy. But that also goes to events and situations. So your job is an arrangement of energy. Um, an event like having a conversation with one particular person, really anything that we can consider as a concept of any kind is an arrangement of energy is one way to look at it. And so, you know, we can align with other people, places and things and situations due to the composition of our own energetic arrangement. And we impact and create that energetic composition in every moment, basically with our thoughts and our feelings. And that's what makes us creators. That's what makes us able to manifest, to create, to, you know, have this experience of manifestation. So that's what we mean. And Crystal, do you have anything to, <laughs> to add to that? <laughs> if it were someone who, we have a ton of people in the Lightworkers Lab who are very educated, but then if it's someone stumbling across our show, does, is there any other way that you would explain that to someone who's never used the word manifest? Well, I would just emphasize the fact that we are always creating no matter what. And in fact, that's the nature of who it is that we are. We are creative beings. We came into being from creator, the source of all things. And the creator wanting to experience itself brought us into being. It created us. And 
because we're kind of made in the image or of the same stuff as the creator, we also seek to experience ourselves through what we create. And so that create switch is always flipped to on. The problem comes when we don't realize that we're always creating or we're not intentional at what we are. And when we are, when there's a disconnect between really understanding our energetic nature and how the universe itself is also very intuitive and extremely responsive and it responds to the consciousness or the soul of Buddhas that we are. It's important to understand that we are always bringing into our materiality experiences and conditions based on what it is that we're thinking and also how it is that we're feeling. And so when we understand that, that that's kind of the magic formula. And when we begin to use that formula, the thoughts plus the feelings, that's when we begin to intelligently design experience and our lives. It's We're magicians. We're truly magicians in this life. And as soon as we realize it, then we can start taking control and having the lives that we truly want to live. Yes, that's beautiful. You know, it's interesting. I knew what we were going to talk about today, but I didn't had, you know, sometimes, Crystal, when I don't know who it is, your spirit guides or somebody is just chatting away, chatting away in your mind saying, we're going to talk about this day or you're talking about this. You know what I mean? Like this, there was this topic that was just running through my mind and it was about, it was all about free will and because this is why I'll tell you why because people sometimes ask intuitives and psychics they say predict the future somehow they think that that's the job of a psychic right, right. <laughs> tell us what the future is going to be who's going to be elected the next president and I I personally have I and you I heard you say this as well you know I don't I don't that's not a that's not a question that makes any sense really because we have free will and we're constantly creating the reality together and individually so to say you know we a person who is intuitive can look at a timeline but there are infinite timelines because of all of the free will choices and if i just i've heard certain psychics who don't necessarily come from that perspective and they get really proud if they do predict something and to me, I, I actually can think, I, I have this perspective that it's actually kind of sad if I predict something because that means nobody made any uh, unusual choices. Nobody made any different choice. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, you know, Edgar Casey talked about that a little bit. And I think we mentioned this before, but Casey actually said, here's my prediction. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm giving you this prediction is so essentially it doesn't come true so yeah. that you have the information. This is how we're trending. And this is what you can do about it. And just as you say, you know, nobody made the unusual choice or, or nobody stepped up to co-create a new outcome. And so it came true. Timelines are always fluid and they're going to be imprinted by and impacted by our consciousness and what it is that we want. And this is true in our own individual lives, but it's also especially true as a collective because of course there's no separation. And so as a collective, if we are intending for something to be, or if we're feeling that something is going to be, or if we're feeling a certain way, well, then we're creating that ourselves. And if we don't like where it is that we're going, then the onus is on us to change how we're feeling about it and also change what we're visualizing, change the prediction. We can see, can't we, Mm. like where we're trending and going, and it doesn't necessarily look Great. It looks like we're going off the rails on a crazy train, but the power is ours as infinite and dynamic creators to make a new decision around that and to begin to intelligently design the outcome so that these trends and predictions don't come true. They don't have to come true, not if we don't want them to. 
No, that's right. And if we, this is all coalescing around, like free will is is a part of this whole how we're manifesting. You see, if we didn't have free will, if we didn't, if there was only one timeline, if there was a definite outcome, if we weren't all cooperating and personally creating, then that means essentially there would be no, there would be no free, if there were no free will, then there would be only one will, there'd be, there would be only singularity, there would be no, which is the highest truth, of course, but there would be no perspective of anything that was dual. There'd be no perspective that I am created, that I have a separate free will, free of what? Free of something else, you know what I mean? Free of of the creator, you know, the one single source of creation. Right. And that kind of goes against, you know, the whole purpose of this grand experiment. Well, our higher self is having many grand uh, experiments, but this reality, this 3D reality is just one of these experiments. And the whole purpose that that we're here is so that we can shift it and we can change it. And I've said this for quite some time. Like if you're alive at this time in earth's history, there is a reason for it. And mm-hmm. Edgar Casey talked about this and you have other people talking about how the reality is, is that many Atlanteans and Lemurians incarnating at this time in earth's history, because we have sort of an innate understanding of this conscious co-creation that is possible and it's within our power to do it. And so I think a lot of people are attracted to manifestation and to the idea of manifestation. They just don't understand that it's in them. Mm-hmm. They think they have to sort of work a formula, which they do, but they but it's all about working a formula or an external system in order to start changing what they're experiencing. But really, it's already within them. It's about aligning back to who it is that you truly are as the magician of your life, as the creator of your life, and aligning very consciously your feelings and your thoughts with the highest version of whatever it is that you want or whatever it is that you're visualizing for yourself in order for that outcome to start to shift and to change. And I believe if we can all do that as a collective, if we can hold that higher vision of the earth, of the planet, of the animals, don't get me started about the animals, but of people. I was just driving here today, just looking at life, looking at trees, looking looking at animals and cows and thinking about people. We are all so connected in every single way. And if we just came together and had that higher vision, oh, the things that we could do on this planet, and that's the calling, that's the work, we just have to step to it. Yes, that's beautiful. You know, there, my husband just told me about, there is this group of millionaires or billionaires, I'm not sure what they are, because that, I don't know, million means as much to me as a billion. (laughs) Right, me too. (laughs) It's way more dollars than... I can hold, so I don't know. I mean, right. I have to give a lot of stuff away. No, um, but that who have actually come together to protest their taxes being cut because they're like, that's not an that's not a world I want to live in, where I have way more money and at the detriment of people who just don't have as much. That doesn't make any sense. That's not an environment that is please pleasing. You know what I mean? It, to me, it really spoke to. Uh, a beautiful perspective of unity, which, by the way, so you guys know, if you're angry and you feel disenfranchised, there's also that happening. <laughs> there's also right. people who are coming together saying, no, charge me more taxes because that if you charge me less, that's going to take away from the people in, who are in, making the money for me in my company. You know, and I think that's beautiful, that perspective of unity. And I think we should actually speak to this a little bit because there are so many pissed off people right now. Yeah. Jarvis, am I holding this close enough? <laughs> Eat the microphone. No, there are so many people that are pissed off right now on the planet because of things that are happening. And I think there these things are happening so that we can 
realize what it is that we're creating. And there's a lot of people who are angry about politics. A lot of people are angry about the environment. A lot of people are angry about religion. And you have to check the energy all the time because again, you are always creating. And it's one thing to be on the righteous side of an issue. But if you're on the righteous side of the issue and you're pissed off about it and you're mad at the other guy about it, and if you're calling them names, if you're getting on Facebook and you're getting into arguments, then you are contaminating that which seeks to be created from the highest version of who it is that we are. You're not helping. It's much better to unplug from things like that and get to your happy place to see the world in your mind's eye as the kind of world that you want to live in. It's you, you can't be to me. It's a detriment to be a part of activism if your heart is not activated in the right way. If it's your feeling, if it's your reaction that's activated, then you are part of the problem and you are creating and manifesting a world that you actually don't want. Even though you think you're on the right side of it, you're creating something that you actually don't want because you're angry about it. Because the, the universe is that fundamental and that literal. If you're angry, then you are contributing Anger, the end. It doesn't matter who you're angry at or what you're angry about. You are just contributing anger, which, in you know, like sometimes anger can be used as an activating force, but you need to use it to orient back to love and peace as fast as possible. Anger is sort of, it's helpful if it's activating you from complacency and, you know, a a very passive kind of victimhood. So you need to, we need to move beyond. But here's the thing. When Crystal and I start talking about things like this, if I talk to, to someone who has a career or identity somehow based upon being angry about politics or religion or whatever, then they they and instantly the question is well aren't you just putting your head in the sand and I want to say that no that that is a social convention that that is what the matrix and the ones who are programming you to feel like a victim and to feel oppressed so that you will obey the oppression the, the perspective of oppression and and I'm not even a conspiracy theorist but this is just logically what the case is because feeling like well I have to pay attention to what's going on and be angry about it is not sovereign is not a perspective of sovereignty and you are not then running sovereign energy, which means we are creators personally. What is happening in politics or social issues or whatever, I am contributing to. Crystal, we're on it. We're, we're preaching today, right? Preach. <laughs> Can I get a witness? That's absolutely, that's absolutely correct. I wish people would feel their way into their creation. If it feels good, you're on the right track. If you're spending time all mad and angry and blaming somebody else or finding fault in somebody else, you know, liberals love to call conservatives this or that and vice versa conservatives love to call liberals how is that helping it's not helping i was listening to esther hicks recently and i couldn't even tell you what she was talking about specifically but somebody was saying that they were just crippled in their life because of what was going on in africa and the starvation and the warmongering and the the suffering of the people and they were so impacted by this and you you understand as an empath as well but they were so impacted by this that they were fully disabled by it right and so esther was like well how is that helping if you really want to help the people in that location or the people in that community go into meditation and visualize them as their highest version as thriving as being happy with having enough food having clean water having the resources that they need Spend 10 minutes, 15 minutes creating that way. And you help so much more than if you get upset, if you get angry about the situation. Again, you're just contaminating. You're making it it worse. And I love that. And I believe in the power 
of unconditional love. If we can access in ourselves unconditional love any way that we can, and then point it in the direction of those things that we seek to fix or to bring into a higher alignment, that's how you do it. That's how you manifest the change that you want to experience in your life. Yes. And she often says, Abraham Hicks or Esther Hicks often says, you cannot get sick enough to make someone else well. So you can't get angry enough about what's going on in Africa in order for for the people who are, in your mind, oppressing and causing the problem for them to stop. What would change the heart of a man is for you to extend unconditional love to them and deep compassion. That is what would heal whoever your enemy is. Not you you creating more resistance to them. If If you had your, quote, unquote, enemy sitting in front of you, if you started yelling at them, is that going to change their heart? No. Would that change your heart? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) That would make me mad. It would make the situation worse. worse. Exactly. And the only way we ever, let's say with your partner, we get to work things out like this with partners. The only time you have like a, people have like a quintessential kind of hours of hour long fights. The way that you finally resolve that fight is when you both let down your defenses and then you just start feeling your way back to each other. That's all of the other stuff was waste. (laughs) You know? Right. Yeah. You just you feel your way back to <clears throat> why it is that you're in a relationship with this person in the first place and the love that you share with that person, because that's going to heal a multitude of sins. But if you stay in the details, if you stay in the argument, if you stay in the anger, well, then you create a worse situation for yourself. Nothing gets better as a result. And this is what we do with our own self, our relationship with ourself. If we are saying, I am crippled and I cannot, I cannot create. I'm, a- I'm angry at the suggestion that I'm the creator of my life because my life is unsatisfactory to me and it, cre- it causes me suffering. So we're now just arguing with ourselves. In we're in the unhelpful part, the nonproductive part of the argument, rather than extending the compassion to the self and saying, oh, okay, well, let's just get to making the things that we do want to make. <laughs> Right. <laughs> That's right. good news. It's good news that we're, we we create our own life. That right? It is. You know, and I do want to say that I think there's a component that is karmic. Like I think karmic. there is a component and uh, we can call karmic or predestination, like things that we signed up for in our blueprint mm. that were challenging. And some of these things are hard and even abusive and acute. And and we didn't call that into our experience other than intending it from a soul Hmm. uh, aspect. From a soul aspect, we decided or chose to experience certain challenges so that we could learn from them. Because of course, pain is not the greatest teacher, but it certainly is one of the greatest teachers. But I think a lot of people end up feeling, and you see this from like the 80s and 90s when you have these um, evangelical pastors say, well, name it and claim it. And if you don't get it, well, it's your fault. And so some people beat themselves up because they have experienced truly terrible things and they think, well, what's wrong with me that I'm creating this? Mm. Well, the challenge is that much of this happens in our formative years when we're younger. And the challenge and the call is to learn from it to detach and disconnect from it and to find your way to the proper alignment, which is the joyful alignment or the alignment to that which you truly are. And some people never do it. They Mm. keep getting sucked back into the pain, the behaviors and the patterns that are caused by the pain, and they never get out. Some people live their entire lives that way, but they choose the challenge so that they can figure out as a soul how to remove themselves from it and then use it for the benefit of of themselves and other people. We call this transmutation, taking a certain type of energy and learning from it, experiencing 
and then shifting it, using it and changing it. And anybody who's experienced abuse and pain and these types of challenges, that's what your work is. Your work is to remove yourself from it and then transmute it, begin to use it for your betterment and for the betterment of others. So they didn't necessarily create it, although perhaps on a soul level they did, but they are now responsible and accountable for creating something new from it. Does that make sense? Right. And so what would, I mean, and let's throw in there too, the physical, you know, physical challenges, because it is really difficult when your physical body, I mean, that is the most base experience that we have. And if it is causing you suffering and pain, that feels, that feels very, you feel very disempowered. I mean, it really engages a lot of your attention. So what does a person do if they find themselves right now in a situation, relationship, job, physical experience or whatever, that they don't want, that they feel like is causing them pain and suffering? And then at the same time, they're experiencing in this moment, but I can't, but I can't leave, but I can't change it. What is the, what is the advice? Well, it's one of two things. The first is acceptance and allowance for the condition as it is. If you're not ready to shift it or if you feel can't, you're disempowered to shift it. Well, then we have to find a way to exist within it at the highest possible level and in the closest alignment as possible to who it is that we truly are, which again is joy. And you, you see St. Paul talking about this um, in the New Testament. He's, he, he alludes to having some kind of an affliction, mm. which is a thorn in his side. And, and many people speculate as to what that was, but he was hurting and he was still, however, aligning to the best of his ability, irrespective of his physical condition to the highest version of, of who he was. He had the, he had the situation and it wasn't changing but within the situation he was still rising to that highest version. The second thing is to actually reprogram yourself to some degree. I hear from a lot of people who say like, I can't get out of this relationship. Like there's no way I don't have a job or he's abusive and he's like X, all sorts of things. I hear all kinds of, I want to say excuses and I don't mean to be judgmental, but that is what they are. And that is coming from a disempowered orientation. And you must know you're not disempowered. You are all gods. You have it within you now to change the situation. What's really happening so many times is that people aren't willing to take the action steps necessary to make the shift. They see and they feel almost like an echo, as if far off, the possibility of what their life could be and all the things that they could experience if the situation just changed. But when they change their perception and look at the situation, they don't want to do the hard things necessary in order to get to the outcome that they want. You can do the hard things. I mean, as you know, I've been married a few times and I've left relationships that were actually not necessarily, people wouldn't say they were abused necessarily, were no longer serving me. And I, and I knew what I had to do. And I've left, I've walked away from friendships. I've walked away from careers because it was no longer in alignment with what my soul told me I needed to do or I needed to be. And so I made the hard choice. And sometimes that's what you need to do. So you either do the hard thing because that's what's going to give way to the outcome that you want, or get right with where you are, accept what it is, and try to align to the highest version of yourself within that. It's the only thing that's sane, because it is true. It is here. It is now. So to be in resistance to what is now, that actually is what is causing your suffering. That's actually what is causing your pain. And you know what? You mentioned something, I think, that is really the 
the the core of this. You said like the job, the relationship, those are the conditions. And then the reason that you can't, you say that the, their excuses, those are those excuses. Another way to say that are conditions. So for folks focused on conditionality, then we're not focused on unconditionality, which is creator energy, which is source, which is the only thing that actually is. So it is the only thing that is producing and creating and manifesting is unconditionality. Unconditional love, we say, but just being able to be oriented to being without conditions. And Mm -hmm. it's one at a time. So I can't, because of this condition or this excuse, see if there's a way you can be unconditional about that and connect with the can and the beingness in that moment. And it, it, it can feel like this is the thing when you're inside it, inside something that seems so impossible to change. And you start counting all of the things that you can't, the conditions and the excuses that you can't possibly overcome in order to get to the goal. Usually, uh, usually it's a lot more than you would think, because if you make one choice that is unconditional and empowered and sovereign and all that kind of stuff, it topples down like 10 or 100 or 1,000. Is that what you've experienced, Crystal? You know Can what you I mean? repeat that? Can you repeat yeah. that last part? I'm sorry, you you beeped out on me. Oh, okay. I was just saying that when you make one choice that is right. unconditional, one empowered choice, it tends to eliminate thousands, tens, I don't know, <laughs> of other ones that that were just yeah. dissolved by that one single one. The ones that you were counting before that one empowered choice, they actually get cleared out by one moment, one act, one decision, just in your feeling space to orient to unconditional love. Right. And that happens on an energetic level because the universe, again, being wholly intuitive and responsive, begins to adjust and to acclimate around your new choice. But also the power in doing just one thing from that unconditional space is that you demonstrate to yourself Mm. that you can do hard things. I talk about this a lot. That's the power of being in a challenging situation. That's the power faced with a hard choice or a hard decision, when you do that, even just once, you show yourself that you're the kind of person who can do hard things. You're the kind of person who can rise to challenges and walk through them. And so the next one that comes down the pike is not as big a deal because you've already showed yourself you're the kind of person who can handle it. And so it's easier. You, it's easier to navigate whatever comes your way, but also, and again, the universe does reorganize itself or rearrange itself based on the energy that you're now running. And this unconditional space, this heart space is so high vibration so as to be the dominant energy. And as soon as you start running even a little of that high vibration energy, the response universally, the response energetically in the environment is massive. And if you keep flowing with it and through it and into it, the universe continues to rearrange around it. And so it becomes easier. And Mm -hmm. as you say, these problems begin to fall away. That's that's how it works. Beautiful. Now we're talking about here um, having too much of something, (laughs) too much of a relationship or unwanted situation or something like that. What about how do we shift and and orient this perspective pointed toward not having enough, not having enough money, which of course is a way of having too much of not what I want. But let's say you, you don't have, how do I, it's not about making a decision to stop doing something. It's a decision about how to create, to bring something to you. You need a job. You need a relationship. You need to fill in. It's kind of the other side of the coin. How do we feel our way into that? Well, 
first of all, by understanding that much of that is programmed understanding of who it is that you are, this yes. program, this, and also expectation an expectation of where your life ought to be at this time. I should be in a relationship. I should have a certain amount of money. I should be debt-free and all these expectations that we have that we use as a means to judge ourselves and or this comes from program thinking. Somebody years ago, maybe our parents during those formative years drummed into us who it was that we were supposed to be and what it was that we were supposed to accomplish. And so we have this faulty belief system and patterning that tells us that we are in a state of lack. And this, and if we don't do the work around deprogramming that, getting into the psychology of that to truly understand who it is that we are, well, then we continue to react to that. You have to root out those pa those patterns in order to insert a new, a new working pattern for yourself. Um, and the reality is that from this moment right now, this very experience, you can make a new, you, you can make a new intentional decision for yourself. And you can align that with the highest vibrational loving feeling that you can muster based on whatever works for you. That could be the birth of your child, or it could be an achievement that you, you once experienced. You can bring that back bring that up in the heart, really feel the love of that and align it with a new intention. Do that kind of work and you'll begin, maybe it'll be slow in the beginning because you're not used to it, but you will begin to create experiences and conditions in your life and you'll start to see, wow, I'm vibrating differently. There's new people that are entering my life and they're talking about spiritual things or they're interested in this or that, or there's new possibilities and I never thought about it before, but maybe I'm going to walk through this door. Mm -hmm. As soon as you begin, and you can begin at any time, working with the thoughts and working with the feelings, the universe will respond to that and you will begin to see evidences of that in your life. Yes, that's beautiful. And so inner work and personal healing, this is a big part of being able to manifest uh, with power, you know, what you actually yes. want in your life. It is the now and it is also the, the, the personal work. Yes, it is. And realizing truly the power of this very moment and that everything that came before does not matter in this moment mm -hmm. and everything that's going to come does not matter in this moment. Right here, right now, you are all gods. You mm -hmm. have the power. You can do what you need to do now in the way that you can do it to start shifting your reality. Even if you're coming from a space of scarcity, even if you have existing programming, you can start working with that and creating a new future for yourself. Or just being happy now. Like we focus so often on manifesting something that is to come. But what about manifesting love and in this moment here now? Because that's going to magnetically attract what comes in the future as well. That's exactly what, well, <laughs> two things come to mind as you say that. First of all, how Esther Hicks often says that the the goal of all of the things that we want, the reason that we want the things is because we believe we will feel better at the having of them. So then feel better right now right. <laughs> than, than you've won. <laughs> and, right. and also that reminded me of this one time I was, uh, I'm an animal communicator. Folks may or may not know that. I know you know that, Crystal. And <laughs> um, I was speaking with this cat about his human and his human was in this um, she had been going through something where she was really trying to change things in her life, like start a new career or something. And the cat was saying, you know, she keeps feeling like there's these many days that in a row, like something bad is going to happen. This is the way I was translating. He was translating what she was feeling to me. 
why is she doing that? Because nothing bad is happening. And he's kind of like higher wisdom. Nothing bad is going to happen. Why is she keep orienting her feeling space to something bad is going to happen, which was his way of saying stress, you know? And I said, oh, well, she's trying to, um, she's trying to change her life purpose and like do something new that, you know, makes her happier. And he said, that doesn't make any sense. How can something good feeling come from practicing something bad feeling? And I was like, (laughs) I don't know, kitty cat from your... (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's that's everything. And... The, you know, one of the things we both are so often is like, what's my purpose? What am I supposed to do? Am I yeah. supposed to be here? Am I supposed to I'm like, just be here now yeah. and find a way right now to be as happy as you can be. Maybe that means you go and make an organic meal for, for your family. Maybe you, mm-hmm. you get your drum out, you start drumming around or dancing around or whatever it is for you. Just get happy to the best of your ability now. And the intuitive universe will show way for your path and will make it very clear for you as long as you continue to be in that energy. Mm-hmm. That's the way you do that. We do have a couple of calls now, I think. And by the way, I did mention 323-524-2599. Crystal, would you like to take a caller? Sure. All righty. It's 1144 right now. Power numbers. Hi, Hi you're on the air. Who's this? Hi, my name is Cameron. Hi, Cameron. How are you? We have Crystal and Compton on the line with us. I'm doing great. Yes. Hi. I, I love the community. I love the Lightworkers Lab. Oh, great. Thank you. I should let Crystal say thank you, actually. Yes. Yeah, so I'm calling. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both. Go ahead, Cameron. I'm hearing a little bit of a delay. Okay. Well, the reason I'm calling, I'm actually writing a book about manifesting and the other day, I actually asked you a question about perfectionism yes. and how I was able to shift energy so quickly. And it was really insightful, and I really want to thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, you're, I, did you, are you on your phone? It sounds like maybe the speaker is close to your chin. Put it up. But in case y'all couldn't hear it, I could hear it a little better. Cameron was, uh, we have... We do live teaching in the Lightworkers Lab, like I say, uh, every night. And so Cameron was asking me on a live teaching I was doing about perfectionism. So um, in case the, the, the feedback was a little funny there. So <laughs> is that right, Cameron? Sorry about that. No, yes, that's... And, and it was really it was helpful, and I really appreciate you. Um, just your teaching in general, talking about the higher good, that has been really helpful in my mindset. Oh, really. oh wonderful. Um, thank you so much. She said the higher mind. I think that's what she said. Sorry, the, the, the connection is still a little bit weird. Uh, yes, we were talking about, I remember um, Cameron asked about if perfectionism was somehow keeping her from manifesting. Was that kind of the question you asked? It was actually about manifesting and shifting because one of the problems I have is that I can really get into that loving space, but sometimes my energy can really quickly, um, it can shift. And part of that is, I'm a stay-at-home mom, and so, you know, trying to hold space all the time for so many little people is difficult. Mm. And making sure that I'm bringing and manifesting so much love in my home, that's my, my highest priority. But at times, it can it can be difficult because there are, you know, a little bit of a draw on my creativity. Um, you mentioned that being creative was really important to me, and I think that that just opening my eyes to the fact that, yes, I really do self-care means creativity for me mm. and very very helpful oh wonderful 
The connection is a little weird. Sorry about Crystal. Could you hear what Cameron was saying? <laughs> I think what I heard her saying was that she is, um, she understands the concept of maintaining or sustaining a high vibration of love and joy and, and how powerful that is, but that, that can be difficult in life. Um, and also something about using creativity in order to connect to that. Is that what I was hearing? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And, and she was also I'm so saying, sorry, you guys can't hear me. I feel so bad about that. Let me see. I'm in my van. Oh, Let me step out. Is that a little bit better? That's way better. Yay. We manifested yeah. it together. Oh my gosh. It's just, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I, I really, I just want to say, but also I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, when you're manifesting, I, part of it is just having kind of that wish and believing that it's coming true yeah. when we're getting away from, I guess, when we start to wonder when it's arriving, that's when we kind of go astray. Is that correct? Crystal, would you yes. like to speak to that? Y yes. 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 That's when, that's when you, you go astray. Let me, let me just kind of talk about something. Cause I think it, it matters here. I was actually listening to a guy named Bill McKenna and he wrote a book called the one lesson. And in it, he teaches a, a healing technique that works for him almost every single time. And this is an intuitive technique that many, many people have used throughout the ages, but essentially what the technique is, is using your unconditional love for something or someone, and then holding that person that you're attempting to heal highest possible in your mind's eye. And so if somebody is sick, you would conjure up this feeling of love, and then you would hold the person who needs the healing in the mind's eye and visualize them thriving and being full of health. But the key here, he says, is that you can't have any expectation around it. Like as soon as you're trying to do that for your mother or for yourself or for your husband, you start to get in your own way because you have these programmed responses and fears and patterns around that. But when it's somebody that you don't know, it's a lot easier because you have no expectation. It's much easier for you to, in a sustained fashion, point your love in the direction of somebody and heal them that way. And this speaks to the core of manifestation. The reason manifestation doesn't work so often is because we have these programs running in the background that are sort of firing up these fears and these expectations and these program beliefs and we're not conscious of them and so the work of manifestation is to have that intention for what you would like to create for yourself while at the same time doing the work necessary to pinpoint those programs that are happening or that are that are running in the background and bringing those into alignment so that you don't have any of those those fears that are blocking what you're trying to manifest. And, and I say this a lot. This is the kind of work that takes an entire life. Unless you're an avatar, it takes an entire master and takes a really long time as we come into this world with so much psychology and so much patterning. But that's the key. It's to get the expectation out of it. It's to get the, the desire. Oh, I would really love $10,000. It would help me to pay off my debts. That is acting in some way to undo what you're trying to manifest. So it's this balance. You have to be coming from unconditional love. You have to be seeing yourself from a place of no expectation and unconditional love in order to get that manifestation to take place. Yes. And what is key there, I think, is, you know, unconditional love or unconditioned is presence, is now. And if we have this these patterning, this is why we work on the patterns and the the psychology that isn't serving us, these, these scripts that we're running in the subconscious mind, we work on those because they're actually, we have energy outside of presence. 
because we have energy about I'm not worthy. That's something in the past. That's not that's not current. That isn't now. So it's not unconditional. And if we have an expectation, it must be this way. Oh, the ten thousand dollars will do this and make everything better. That's a future oriented, also not present. And it's energy that is not here in the sovereign space of the presence of the now. The now is where God is. The now is creator energy. The now is source. So if we have it in the past, we have it in the future. We need to take. That's why we we bring that. We do the work from the patterning, and then we release the expectations. It brings all of that energy here, and that's now we're fully behind our manifesting power. Right. Yes. That's awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I love it. Thank you. Sorry, I'm trying to I'm trying to allow the delay, but sometimes it gets a little weird. Thank you so much for calling in, Cameron. Did you have any other question or or comment? No, no, thank you. I I think you know I definitely have some things I'm trying to manifest as far as my new book, and mm-hmm. um, but I think just you know really it's about timing and and letting it happen in the right time. I think for me, so I really appreciate all of the work that you're doing and love you as well, Cameron. Thank you. Thank you very much. We have another caller. Crystal, would you like to take another call? Sure, I would love that. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hi, this is Melanie. Hi, Melanie. We have Crystal on with us. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Good, good. I hear I have, you have a baby in the background, too. You have a child? <laughs> yeah, we've got some TV going on in the background here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's going on with you today? Well, um, I just wanted to call and say hello. I just joined the Lightworkers Lab a couple of days ago, and this is all a whole new world to me, all of this uh, kind of thing. And I was wondering if I could get a little reading. Okay. In what area? What, give us a little something that you, you know, state some intention, state some area that you would like us to look into. That helps, that helps spirit to tune uh, sure. to what you want. So. I have two sons who are three and almost seven, and I've always felt that each of them has a specific, like a guardian angel, um, a specific person who was in my life, um, you know, quite tangibly before they passed away. But I, I feel like I still have a lot of naysayers in my life and people who don't quite understand all of this kind of thing. And so I don't trust, if I feel like I'm getting a sign from them or something, I don't trust myself yet to feel that anything concrete. So I was just wondering if there's anything that you could help me with in that area. Okay. Crystal, do you have any advice? I'm not sure exactly what the question is. Um, Tell me what the question is. Is the question that she is receiving some spirit messages, but she's not trusting it? I'm trying to relate kids and what the question is. I think that's it. (laughs) Yeah, basically, yes. I'm just, yeah, that's just it. She wants to know how she can trust it. She uh, and with the children that I think that she's saying that there she's believe she has uh, there is a person there is a spirit guide someone that she knew in this life and because of the outside influences she's uncomfortable trusting the signs that or the messages that she's receiving. Okay. Um, well, the first thing I would say to you is that if you want your evidences to grow. And if you want to receive more messages, then you have to begin to take these little leap of faith and start trusting what's coming through. Spirit sort of sprinkles in opportunities 
for messages. And, and this comes through your various psychic receivers. And often this starts to happen on the periphery of our lives. We start to see this um, in conversations, in sequences, in patterns. Spirit starts to put things there, hoping that we'll begin to notice and then begin to engage. Once we begin to engage and we say, aha, I see this weird sequence of numbers. What's happening with that? I want to know more. And we begin to lean into it. This is when spirit starts to give us even more evidences and even more information. And the more that we engage, the more we get these evidences. So it's really key here for you to set aside your doubt and for you to set aside um, all these filtering mechanisms that you have in place that would cause you to be uncertain about what spirit is saying and instead trust it. And if there's something that spirit is asking you to do, like maybe a spirit's asking you to, to take a class or maybe spirit's asking you to try different or a new opportunity. The first time you say yes to that and you actually heed the advice of spirit, the voice of spirit gets much louder, if you will. So if that is coming through to you, for hypothetically, if spirit is saying to you, hey, we need you in this class, we need you in this certification, we need you getting more education on this, and you say yes, you the class and coming through, say well, the next time spirit has a message for you, it's going to be much bolder, much louder and harder to miss. So it, it has everything to do with your participation here. The more you say yes and the more you heed it, the louder it will be and the more you'll begin to live an evidential life for yourself. Hmm. It just came to mind here awesome. a, a metaphor that let's say so you're you know you you're married, you get married to someone. But before you could get married to someone, you have to say yes to holding their hand on that first date. You know what I mean? That, right. So, you know, you're not going to get all the way to that until you say yes each step of the way to the contact. And 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 as well as it's not only saying yes to the contact, but you're also contributing. You're not just holding their hand, they're holding your hand. And so, you know, this is this is the way the steps that we must take. But I understand what you're saying, excuse me, Melanie, that it, you're hearing the outside, you know, the filters, as Crystal was saying, other people that are skeptics in your life. But that is, again, being non-present. That is putting your power and your energy into something that isn't really now. In this moment, you're seeing 11-11. In this moment, you feel the nudge from spirit. Saying yes to that in this moment is the is the key to be able to figure, quite frankly, to figure out how to not pay any attention at all to someone else's perspective and not to let it interfere with your own. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. Good. Yes. Wonderful. Thank you so much for calling in and thanks for being in the lab. We're so excited to get to know you even more. Welcome. Welcome. Great. (laughs) Thank you. It was so nice to meet you. You too, sweetheart. You as well. We have just a couple of minutes left, Crystal, so let's tell everyone how they can get in touch with you. And is there anything else we want to talk about? Something else, I think, right, Crystal? Something else yeah. you and I have going on? <laughs> we do. Well, to get into me, um, you can go to my website, which is crystalandcompton.com. Um, you can also go to thelightworkerslab.com, and uh, you can join the lab by going to the hard site Um you can also just search Facebook for the Lightworkers Lab and you'll find us. And I tend most active either on YouTube or on Facebook in that group. So you can reach out and talk to me that. But yeah, we do want to talk a little bit about this program that we have coming up because the next time I am on your show, mm-hmm. I'm going to have, um, I think we're going to want to do sort of an early bird special for people to allow them to sign up for this immersive because it's going to be fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. 
we are so the immersive we crystal and i are doing a, a multi-week immersive course it's a group group teaching but we are going to go all the way in there and it is to develop and enhance and open up and all that kind of whatever word you want for it's for all levels of development but to develop those intuitive and psychic abilities and it is definitely for all levels and even if you feel advanced it's going to be good for that as well because it's always great to go in and look at the foundation again would you agree crystal Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to be focusing on identifying the various ways that spirit is speaking to you. And this would be your clairs. This would be your third eye, your pineal gland. This would be these sequences and things that happen um, on the periphery of your life. And then we're going to talk about the different players here because it's not just you and your intuition. We do have divine emissaries, beings like angels and spirit guides and interdimensional energy. And these beings are here acting in concert, helping you to live the life that you came here to live. And there's many ways that we can contact these beings and receive information from them. This would be called channeling or divination. We're going to teach you specific. Oh, Crystal broke up. In a productive way to benefit your life and so much more. So I think we're going to do 12 weeks, which is crazy. It's bananas, but that's okay. (laughs) First eight weeks, we're doing a lot of intensive teaching so that understand how you are open and then the final four weeks we're going to do a lot of practice so people can practice using their abilities you can practice in your own life but you can also practice within the community or with the other students and it's going to be again hands-on and immersive yes it's fantastic and also crystal and we have just about 30 seconds left but crystal is teaching um a class the doors are already open and it's coming up in a, just about a week and it's called meet your spirit guides. And it's a, it's a smaller, it's a shorter class. So a couple days long, but it's, a, yeah. it's quite immersive long. as well. Couple, couple days of full immersion. And, um, so that go to the Lightworkers lab. Yes. For them to be able to find that. Yes, Go to the Lightworkers lab. There's a tab there that says online classes. Click on that first one. It's going to be two days. It's going to be awesome. And you are welcome to join for sure. So and then so far as our immersive class, just keep your eyes out for that. We will be announcing when the doors are officially open for people to register. And I'm so excited to do that with you, Crystal, and with everybody out there who's listening, who's going to be joining us. It's going to be amazing. And so, yes, we are out of time. Crystal, thank you so much. You're going to be on again in a few weeks. Yes, absolutely. I'll be here. Great. Well, thank you. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving in the meantime. And I will catch all of you guys next week again at 11 a.m. Pacific here on UBNRadio.com channel one or at any of my social media outlets, TrishaCarCharm.com. Thanks for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are.